Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and to learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As a mother, wife, and former CEO, I will share lessons and stories of personal and professional successes and failures. Join my co-host, Al Smith, and me as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your professional and personal growth. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. I'm Teresa Rand, and I have a fascinating guest today. The last few weeks, you've just been listening to me talk about subjects that interest me and hopefully interest you as a listener. But today, we have a very interesting guest that I've only had the benefit of meeting once via quick Zoom. Her name is Amanda Neely, and she owns a business called Grandma's Wisdom Wealth or Wealth Wisdom. Grandma's, yeah, grandma's yeah. wealth wisdom. I have a hard time say that fast three times, right? I have a hard time saying that. But when I got your email, Amanda, I was fascinated just by the title of your business um, when we were trying to connect about being on the podcast, because I know a lot of my business knowledge comes from my grandmother. So I didn't want to spend time reading a bio. I wanted to actually ask you, tell us a little bit about you and the name of your business and that kind of stuff. And then we'll dig into some questions. Yeah, this is actually my second business. My first business was really great. Loved it. That's really when I learned grandma's wisdom. Unfortunately, I only met one of my grandmas and she passed away when I was five. Mm. So, But my dad was actually old enough. He could have been my grandfather. And but he like he was kind of blue color, right? Didn't really teach me a lot about how to build wealth. And so I encountered true like wealth building type wisdom a couple years into starting my own business and trying to fit, you know, like I did it more for values and the freedom and you know the th- the what I wanted to accomplish in the world. And I realized that that necessarily wouldn't build wealth for me. I needed to learn it. And as I learned, I realized that a lot of what has become kind of the conventional thinking is really only from the 1980s, maybe a little bit in the 70s, but mostly from the 1980s. And we get so much more wisdom if we go back to how generations hundreds of years ago built wealth and even what our grandparents did um, back in the, you know, coming out of the Great Depression. Right, right. Can you give us an example? I know I think about my grandmother and she was a product of the uh, depression. So while she had her money in the bank, she always kept money at home. And back in the day, I'm from the South, obviously, and my grandmother also had what she called pin money. You and I chatted a minute about this, where literally a lot of women were stay-at-home moms back then more so than today. And so when they would go to the grocery store or whatever, they'd have a little extra cash. They literally would pin it to their underclothes, and that was their money. Now, my grandmother was an entrepreneur and always worked, but she kept her own little hidden money. So Mm -hmm. what are some things that that you think that were learned or taught hundreds of years ago that are meaningful for today? 
Yeah, it's definitely our grandparents much more emphasized saving. Mm-hmm. And even more, they made a very clear distinction between saving and investing. They would not put the money that they wanted to have, maybe even for that nice thing, right? Or for the next family vacation or the next car that they're going to have to purchase, even for their own retirement, they wouldn't put it at risk. They wouldn't invest it. I mean, part of that, they had experienced Black Friday. They knew what the Great Depression was, you know, coming out of that. But they also realized like they didn't need to, that in some ways their rate of savings was more important than their return on investment or their rate of interest on their money. So are you saying, are you recommending more savings and less investing? Because you still talk about investing when I look at your website and stuff, but is there a guideline you suggest we follow? Yeah. Um, each person is going to have their own mix of things. There's some rules of thumb out there, some guidelines that uh, folks promote. Really, as a business owner, I know that my best investment is within my business. Mm. And I also know that that's also probably my riskiest investment. So I have to have a larger savings than your typical person. What I What I find to be the most interesting is that most people think, well, I'm just going to have a $1,000 emergency fund and I'm going to pay off my debt and then maybe I can start saving three to six months and then I'm going to invest the rest. Right, that's, yeah, you hear yeah. that a lot. Yeah, but our, our parents didn't, our grandparents didn't do that. Right. Throughout history, they haven't done that. They've saved a portion of every penny that they've earned and they always kept that percentage the same even as their income increased and they kept it as savings they didn't then go take it and invest it so then anytime they needed a new car anytime there was a roof that needed repaired a kid to send to college or you know a big medical bill that came up they had some savings they could tap into right now we see people they have to take 401k loans they can't figure out this or that and they can get into a really big pickle because they just don't have liquid available cash yeah yeah, that's so true. I mean, again, I go back to my grandparents. They pay cash for a lot of things. Cars, they always pay cash for cars. They didn't get into a lot of debt. You know, that yeah. that's the key, I think, which is is very different, I know, from from our generation, my generation, your generation, certainly my kids' generation, to my grandparents. And yeah. my mom gave me the advice to always save a percentage of every paycheck throughout. I didn't take the advice, I hate to say. <laughs> but thankfully, I worked uh, for 30 years with a company that had some retirement. But still, you know, without that, I was reading something about Social Security today and where Social Security was supposed to be part of the tripod. You know, we Mm -hmm. had savings, we had retirement, and we had Social Security. But for many people, and it's like double-digit percentage, it becomes their income, which is a little bit scary. It is. Social Security is not enough to live on. Right. It wasn't supposed to be, correct? Correct. Yeah. And even 401ks, when they were originally created, they were supposed to supplement pensions, not be the only retirement funding for people. And businesses caught on. They didn't have to have pensions and take all the risks themselves. They could shift the risk to the employee in a 401k. And now it's hard to find a company that offers a pension anymore. 
So how does somebody decide where they are today and where they need to be? Yeah, the I I love taking a, a goal and value based approach. Not don't start with the numbers. Start with dreaming, journaling, reflecting. I call it setting your sights. Where do you want to be? Where where like what is important to you about money? If you were queen of money for the day, what you would you want it to do for you? Forget about all the products and the things that you've heard other people say you should do. And just think, what do you want your money to do for you? Set your sights on where you're going and what's important to you. And then you can go and look at where things are now and say, what's not matching up here? What's different than what I wanted? What's working well? What's not working? And really evaluate those things and then just start asking questions. Well, what could I do to move what's happening in my finances closer to my ideal, closer to what I want. Maybe we live in an imperfect world. We might not ever get there, but that even spending enough time setting our sights, knowing where we're going, deciding what we want to do without a should or could or would have, you know, kind of thing. Too many people don't do that. And then they make all these financial decisions without knowing where they're really going and there's a lot of mistakes that can happen there. Right. We're still going to make mistakes. I just think we're going to make a lot less of them. Um, I I know people who they made a they made a very clear goal. Uh, let's use debt as an example. They wanted to pay off you know six figures worth of debt, right. and they just went after it. And along the way, because of how they went after it, they they lost money compared with doing right. it the perfect right. way. But they were still happy. They hit their goal. Who cares if they lost a little bit along the way? They hit their goal. They knew what they were doing. And then they're able to jump from there into the next thing. And they had the confidence built and the encouragement from that. Um, and then they took what they did wrong and they realized, okay, now going forward, I'm going to fix that and you right, know, move right. forward in a better way. But that didn't ruin their happiness that they hit right. their goal. So do you find that, you know, because I talk to a lot of people, well, I, I should have saved, I should have done this, you know, should, 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 um, which is a word, you know, I, I don't like, but yeah, me neither. All the time. So what keeps people, it, kind of a twofold question for you, Amanda, what keeps people from just doing what my mother told me to do, you know, save a little money each time. And then is there a difference in your opinion and the work you've done in how men and women approach money? Yeah, I'm actually going to talk very much from a very feminine perspective because yeah, there's there's not enough of us out in the professional, you know, the financial industry as professionals. So I might be bringing something different than most, you know, most what you might even hear, even right. from women in our industry, because we're just not taught those things. That's part of why I love calling it grandma's wealth wisdom. Yeah, gives us gives me permission to be my full feminine self. And what I found. Um, for myself and for a lot of women is part of why it's hard to save is because we want what's good for ourselves, for our kids, for our spouses, for the world. So we give and give and give. We put others you know, ahead of ourselves, right? I've met so many women who are paying the car loans for their sister or their mom or their uncle or you know whoever. 
because they they want to be generous. They want to give and it's very much a, a, a thing to do. And I think that's all well and good, but it's hard to remember that long term we have to make sure that we're also doing what's good for us, that we're not going to be dependent on the same help in the future. For me, that looked like I've always been an activist. I've always wanted to end poverty. Part of that is I, when I was born, my parents are in public assistance. They got out of that. My mom you know, was able to provide for our family through working really hard and doing a great job. And I've never wanted anybody to experience what that was like right. you know, as it was for me growing up. And I just, I put myself into it. I gave, we, that's part of why we started our business, went to end poverty, you know, through trade. And when we got a couple years into it, we realized actually we're going to solve poverty much better if we're not on the edge of poverty ourselves. Mm. And that little mindset shift really helped me think about how in anything, if there's an impact I want to make in the world, whether it's you know, on coffee farmers around, you know, halfway around the world, or whether it's my own kids or maybe even my parents, I'm going to do that much better if I've done that self-care that, um, you know, setting aside money for myself first, because then I can give from the overflow. Yes. Say that again. That's, that's impactful. We, We say that again about, we are not the best way we can cure poverty is not to be in poverty ourselves. Yeah. That's it's powerful. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard if you're on the edge of poverty to end poverty for somebody else. You, yeah. But if we are able to make sure, maybe we're never rich. Maybe we never have, you know, the level of, you know, the billionaires of the world, but we're, um, we have enough. We know that we're taken care of. We know that we're never going to be poor. It's a lot right. easier to help bring other people out of poverty too. Well, and it just makes, you know, I've never heard it. I'm writing it down. I've never heard it put that way, but it's kind of like when I hired a business coach to start my business, I wanted somebody that had created businesses. Yeah. I, I wanted someone that had been where I want to go, maybe mm-hmm. in a different format, but still, you know, and it's like you said, it's not about being wealthy, but it is about being responsible and able to provide before you can teach. You know, again, going back to kind of old sayings, they say, you know, you got to take care of your own house before you can take care of the neighbor. Right. So it's, it's on your own oxygen mask before you right. try to put on yeah, the yeah, all of those things. And with money, I know also as a, prior single mom, I raised my children who are all grown now, pretty much alone. And it wasn't just about what we wanted. It was about what we had to have. And then I became very risk averse when I was making good money Mm -hmm. because I always knew it, it wasn't, but one car breaking down or one plumbing issue or one, Mm -hmm. whatever, Till I was, I felt like I'd be back and, you know, not having enough money to buy a full week of groceries. So I yeah. developed that sense of there's almost never enough, mm. even though, you know, I, I got to be highly successful in my, my own right in my career and money was not as much an object, but I never, even to this day, I don't get over that feeling that it could yeah. go away tomorrow. 
Yeah. And it's actually that risk aversion that is often what women are bringing to the financial conversations that sometimes just gets pushed aside. We're told you've got to speculate to accumulate, no risk, no reward. That's why so many people invest now. When I like to embrace that and think about like, well, if, if you were going to have a cushion, a safety net, what would that look like for you? How much of your wealth would you want there? How do we go about creating that? So then you can sleep well at night. Very right. important. You feel confident in where your what your money is doing and how it's working. And then when you want to take risk, when you want to start a business, when you want to go buy cryptocurrency or whatever it is, you're you're doing that from a stable place that you feel is going to be there for you rather than starting with the risk. And then you're always under that feeling of it could all go away. I could lose everything tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even bring myself to gamble. I go to Las Vegas with my family. I'm like, nope, I like to watch, but nope, not going (laughs) to do it. And that's okay. Dollars in the slot machine or give myself a 50 or a hundred dollar limit, but those big, I can't do it. Yeah, and I just about break out in hives. <laughs> I work too hard for my money to yeah. gamble it. And stocks sometimes are no different, but mm-hmm. I realize people that, you know, study those and it's more of an educated risk. So how do we find you? How, how do we find you? Yeah, the website's grandmaswealthwisdom.com. We actually recently changed the name of our podcast because um, grandma wasn't re- you know, relating to everybody. Not everyone's grandmas were as wise as yours were. Right. Uh, was. Um, so the uh, we changed the name of our podcast. It's now Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast. So wherever like you're listening that. to this show, you can check us out there. Awesome. Wealth, wealth Wisdom Podcast. That's great. That's great. So what, when we find you, what is it that you do in your business? How do you help us if we realize we need help? And I think most of us need help with our financials, um, whether it's a financial advisor, CPA, whatever the case may be, but how Mm -hmm. do we find you and what do you actually do for us? Yeah. I use something that's called the still method. It's something I created. Um, The S in the still method, it's an acronym. The S stands for set your Surprise, surprise. I was already talking about that a little bit. Um, The T is track your in and out. You look at what's coming into your life, what's going out financially speaking. And then the I is inspect your progress. Okay. Is my in and out really helping me get to my uh, sites that I've set? Mm -hmm. And then uh, the first L is look for the 1% adjustment. What's the the small tweak you can make that'll help move your money closer to where you're going in life? And then the last L is to live deliberately to actually put it on the calendar, right? Uh, make that phone call to ask for an interest rate decrease or to, uh, you know, talk to payroll about putting a percentage of your paycheck right in savings or, you know, whatever it might be. Make like live deliberately. And then you repeat that process. You see that change actualized and then you go back through it. And I walk people through that, but also I come alongside as the outside perspective to hear where they're going, what they're currently doing. And I can uh, often see a, a bigger change that might actually be really easy to implement mm-hmm. that could make all the difference in the world and allow them to do those 1% adjustments in a healthier, more focused way. 
And there's a few financial products and tools that I use that I think work along with the still method really well. One of them is profit first for people that have business owners. They can track their profit and their expenses and be really intentional there. Another is called bank on yourself. Um, Just like I'm a profit first professional, I'm also a bank on yourself professional. And it's a way of saving that our grandparents did. That's kind of gone out of style, but um, I think it's coming back and more and more people are interested in it. So I just make sure people know some of those options and those systems that could help them along their journey. So you're sort of like a, you're a coach for someone that's getting started down this road or someone that maybe waited too late and realized they should have got started (laughs) because there's no, I mean, we all know we in the perfect world, which we've already stated, it's not we don't know the perfect world, but in a perfect world, we would start saving with our first job and just save forever. But that doesn't happen. Life happens. Stuff happens. We make poor decisions, whatever. So we're never really too old to work through. And I love your still method because so often when we get with financial people, this is my opinion, it the conversation overwhelms us. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. the knowledge overwhelms us and the tools overwhelm us. But just to sit down, and I'm a Profit First fan. Uh, I'm not certified in that, but I've got the book. I have my whole thing here, Profit, Taxes, Expenses, right here on my bulletin board. Um, Have my bank account set up that way. But even that, sometimes you're like, oh, I need to get money from here and I need to get... And if I had a coach that held me accountable for looking at those numbers... It's just different. It's the same reason we hire a coach for anything. Mm -hmm. And there's really not much more important than how we manage our money money because we're going to be retiring before we know it. It comes awfully, awfully quick. Mm -hmm. So I know your podcast has changed names. Give us that name one more time. Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast. Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast. But your website has not changed, right? Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. Okay, perfect. Because it's a great website. I want to encourage all of our listeners to go out there and check you out. And um, I do random thoughts with my podcast. And I had kind of written up a brief description for this week's podcast, but I'm going to change my random thought to your, the best way to end poverty is not to be in poverty yourself. I just, that is my nugget of wisdom from you. Because so often we think, you know, we write a hundred dollar check to a charity or a thousand dollar check to a charity, but it, it, we really need to practice what we preach, right? Yeah, and it's okay to do that. Yep. yep, we should be proud of being financially stable, right? Mm-hmm. It, and it doesn't have to be a showy thing. It's you know, it can be the millionaire next door that you don't know exists, kind yep. of thing. Um, well, I love your concept. And I uh, will put all the information in the show notes where people can reach out to you and I will be listening to your podcast. Thank you. I I love it. Um, I do want to say random thought. I love that idea. Random thought. Um, People always talk about pay yourself first, right? And then within profit first, there's profit first. I'm not saying... Um, and in fact, in my own life, if you look at how money flows through um, personally for us, we do tithe first, right? You give first. Right. That is yeah. still important. I don't want to say don't do that. Absolutely. But then savings comes right after that. Yeah, I got it. Yes. Good, good distinction. Yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. Because we always have enough to help a little bit. Right. It doesn't often take much. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I can't uh, wait to hear what the listeners think about it. Because anytime we talk about money, we we get a lot of listeners because it's an area that very few of us ever completely get it right. So people like you that can help us, and I love the steel method. It just brings it down to layman's terms or laywomen's terms. So thank you for that. And I look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you. And I look forward to having you on our show as well. Um, So if you're going to check out uh, the Wealth Wisdom Financial, look for Teresa on YouTube. She's going to be on a YouTube Live with me soon. Great. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Amanda. We'll talk soon.